Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Welcome, everyone, to the Mindset Coach Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted today because I am joined by Delphine Coal. Delphine is a Parisian who became a Londoner 20 years ago and after 18 years in brand and marketing roles in the travel industry, she qualified as an executive coach and more recently as a mindset coach. She's now a personal business coach and has a real passion to help business founders and co-founders develop the foundations of their personal brand so they know what they stand for, they can connect deeply with their ideal clients and ultimately grow their business with ease and joy on their own terms. Amazing stuff. Welcome, Delphine. Thank you, Lara. Thank you very much. (laughs) So, Delphine, the work that you do around branding is incredibly mm. interesting and it and it combines you know a lot of your background. Tell us about how you got into coaching, how you started your your coaching career. Sure. So um, as you said, I spent a lot of time working actually for the same company. I worked for Eurostar for mm. almost 18 years, traveling back for back and forth between London and Paris. And um really enjoyed what I was doing. And I guess, um, like many of us, after a few years, after having kids, I just started to wonder if it was really what I wanted to do. Uh, Moving Mm -hmm. forward, I thought it was maybe external. I thought I needed a new job. So I started to look for a new job. And I realized that doing marketing for someone else was definitely not what I wanted to do. And then that's when I started to explore coaching, um, Mm. which I heard of like 10 years before. Mm. And for some reason thought, that's not for me. I'm not in that space. Yes. But then I just started to think, well, why not? Why not learning something new? Mm. And I think even though I really liked my job, as you would know, in corporate, it became more and more about being behind a spreadsheet, justifying yes. the figures, <clears throat> a lot of politics. And I just wanted more deeper human relationship and connections. And I think that's yes. really what attracted me to coaching. Yeah. Um, so I trained as an executive coach as I was employed. Mm. And I left, it was not planned this way, but I got um, an opportunity to take redundancy. Mm-hmm. And the week I left Eurostar is the week I qualified. <laughs> <laughs> there are no coincidences. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And so what did you, so you qualified, you left Eurostar after 18 years, which is, you know, an amazing, amazing milestone. And you would have seen a lot of changes there in that time. So yeah. you qualified and then, and then what happened? Were you 
you know, straight away working with with coaching clients or how did that yeah. happen? So I think the coaching training obviously allowed me to work a lot on myself. Yes. And I never, ever thought I would have my own business. For mm. me, I was always happy to be working for a brand and working with, you know, um, just hiding behind a brand, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that training really changed my life because I realized a lot of opportunities that I didn't see before. Yeah. And I think... Um, I also was craving for more flexibility. I've got two kids and one has some special needs and it's mm. always been a lot of um, work around, um, a bit more work with her to get to the appointments and, and, and also the mental space. And I think when I left, it just became obvious that I had to work for myself and that I actually possibly had the drive to do it. Mm. So I started working with clients. I mean, for my qualification, I had to, to coach leaders. Mm. And I started to coach uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it, it was going well, uh, but they were all asking, Delphine, your background in marketing is super interesting. We want some of that. We need some of that. We don't know how to market ourselves. We don't know yes. how to do that part. So that became very obvious that mm. combining my brand and marketing expertise with my new coaching skills mm-hmm. was probably the best approach uh, yeah. for my business. And that's Absolutely. how I started. And yeah. tell us, because, I mean, personal branding for entrepreneurs and business owners is so powerful and such a key element of business strategy these days. Tell us a little bit about what that actually means. What is personal branding? Sure. So I think um, personal brand is often associated with a visual representation. Mm. So people think I need a logo, I need a website, I need all those things, but they don't do the background work. And a lot of the work I was doing, even before I speak about personal brands, a lot of work I'm doing with my clients, and you would know that, is related to understanding their values, understanding their purpose, so they know where they're going, understanding what they stand for. And all of those elements are actually the foundations of a personal brand. Mm. And I think my niche is people who, uh, so it's basically service providers. So I work with a lot of coaches, but also consultants mm. and also some creative people. And all they have in common is that they, um, they promote, they sell and they deliver their services. Mm-hmm. So it's about they are at the heart of their marketing. Mm-hmm. They are at the heart of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's where the mindset piece is very important because yeah. they don't work on it. It becomes very much about themselves, about their, you know, who they are and can I really do this? And, and I think it's really helping them to detach themselves a little mm-hmm. bit from all those thoughts and be a bit more strategic. So a lot of people say, the way I describe personal brand is, um, it's not about being yourself. A lot of people say your brand is you, that's true. Mm. But it's not about, you need to be yourself and you wouldn't attract people. It's about your brand is you, but you choose what aspects of you you put in your brand. Yes. And then you become uh, intentional with it. Yes. So you don't sort of go hoping that people will 
like you, you know that your value is around, I don't know, nature or freedom or other things. And you really understand as well what you stand for, which is something we hear all the time. Yeah. But it's really hard to really understand what we stand for and also then to really stand by it mm. because you need some degree of bravery uh, sometimes to really, really promote and talk about and um, stay loyal to what you say you you, you stand for. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it's understanding all those elements that you then put in your brand and there's so many things you can do with that after that, because that becomes what I call in the marketing jargon, that's become your brief yes. to any creative mind who can then bring it to life. But then you can also use it in your content, you know, mm. it informs your content because you can talk about your purpose and your values. You don't have to say my values are such and such mm. and such. You just talk about them all the yes. time. Um, and it can also inform your offers. So, you know, um, if you feel, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the whole point of the brand, and that's for any brand, is to mm. create this point of differentiation yes. and to create a preference. Mm. So once you do that, you do that deep personal development exercise first yeah. and really understand who you are, what you're about and then you use that to communicate, to, to, to connect with your ideal clients. That is when the magic happens. Yes. Um, yeah. Because that's when it becomes resonant and people recognise those values. I mean, a lot of people, you know, yeah. we, we do a lot of work um, around values in the Mindset Coach Certification. And one of the things that we know is that there's a difference between saying, here's what's important to me, here are my values and reading off a list and then actually living those values, actually having those values being embodied. And, um, you know, so having that brand presence that is that is you but is bigger than you, that is mm-hmm. you but is about the business as well because, mm-hmm. you know, it's that multidimension, isn't it, of you as the owner, the business owner and what what you stand for but also what your business stands for as well. And, yeah. The thing you touched on before that, you know, one of the reasons that you got into coaching was for that flexibility and freedom around having a family and being mm-hmm. able to have those hours. And I think for a lot of people who go into service-based businesses, particularly for women, some men as well, you know, it is about having that freedom and flexibility and they're part of their values. And so everything that they do and how they show up makes it inclusive of people who also have children and families and, you know, they're not going to create offers that require them to go on a six-week retreat somewhere in the Himalayas, right, because (laughs) it's not going to resonate and it's outside of those values. So, yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, there there are a couple of parts to this, aren't there? There's around identifying what's important to you and what you represent as a brand But there's also then the work that you do around, okay, so we know what the vision is and the mission and we know what the brief is. How do I I create a mindset that's going to enable me to get out there and let people know what it is without feeling like I'm showing off or I'm, you know, whatever it might be. So talk to us a bit about the kind of things that you find your clients experience in terms of mindset, some of the issues that you work with people on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where 
um, having so working on all those things is mm. once you have that clarity first, it does help a lot to then get out there. But as you say, you still have the mind monkeys who can come in and say, oh, but, you know, who are you to, to do this? So who are you to show up this way? So I think these mindset blocks, um, classic mindset blocks at each stage. So the, the, at the promotion stage, there's a whole thing around uh, visibility, yes. which is in itself a huge thing, mm. uh, being visible because you are, because your face, your person is at the heart of your brand, you really have to push yourself out there. Yeah. And there's all sort of fear which comes, like fear of judgment, fear of failing in public, all mm. those things. My thing when I started being on LinkedIn was all my colleagues from Eurostar are seeing Oh, yeah. What are they going to think, Delphine? <laughs> <laughs> and that really stopped me not too long thank god but still i can relate to that yeah um and then the second stage is when you sell your services and that's another classic and for mm. each stage you'll have actually experts and you know i had some experts in the cohort with you actually yes. so selling is oh my god can i really price this yes. um am i good enough like um uh, subconsciously we attach the pricing of our services to our self-worth mm. and as soon as you start digging a little bit there's a huge baggage of things coming up and that's what we call in our in our jargon the, the money mindset but yes, this is yeah. huge and I have it all the time pricing mm. is bringing up so much um negative thoughts and also doubt about ourselves so yeah. again back to the brand back to having that clarity and back to mindset it helps to detach yourself yes. somehow from this because your pricing is nothing to do with you and um your promotion is not is nothing to do with you are promoting a service mm -hmm. so but very quickly we take it personally so if we go out sell something don't sell it we just want to go and hide somewhere and, yeah. and not come back about somewhere. it once no one bought it well that's failed <laughs> <laughs> exactly and the interesting thing for me is that it's not um i think what can prevent people in terms of visibility is not what will the general mm. public think right mm. it's what will mm. my colleagues at Eurostar think it will it's what will my what will my family and friends think and reality but, is they're the people who support you the most right who support you the most and it also so it impacts visibility who does she think she is what's happening yeah. here um but it also impacts as you say money mindset because she's charging how much what <laughs> you know and it's kind of it, it's really really interesting and I heard something the other day someone said um you know as soon as those people are paying my bills as soon as they're paying my mortgage then I'm going to pay attention and worry about what, you know, about what they think because they, the yeah. marketing piece, the branding piece, the visibility piece is part of running a business in the same way that developing a strategy, developing a pricing strategy, determining it's, what your offers are going to be, you know, yeah. unless you get them out there, no one's going to know. And you and I both know, like, this is such a common issue for people um, with mindset and then with ultimately self-sabotage and they'll yeah. sabotage by getting all the key pieces together 
right? So creating an incredible offer, a program yeah. or a service, and then, you know, getting all the marketing collateral together and pr- preparing a launch plan and then two days into launch, they'll think no one's bought. And so all that effort <laughs> goes to waste, right? <laughs> so, and at that point, they take it very personally when actually there's so many factors. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to have support, a coach or someone or peers who can help you to get outside of your own head because mm-hmm. automatically our mind is made in a way that we go straight into Oh, it's me. I haven't nailed it. It's my fault. I'm not good enough. When actually it could be that you haven't quite nailed the problem that you mm-hmm. want to help with, or maybe your messages is not right, or maybe your audience is not big enough. So mm-hmm. there's so many. And well, maybe those when- two days that you were promoting were the weekend, or there were a time when people weren't on. Like exactly. there's so many factors, aren't there? It's so just incredible. And, and yeah. I was, um, my girls were recently in a production of The Lion King at school uh-huh. and they are very tall, both of them, and they were both cast as giraffes. Anyway, <laughs> so they were in the chorus and they were on stage a lot, but they weren't the main characters by a long way. And the morning after their two performances, mm. we were sitting at the breakfast table and they said to me, Mum, we've decided we're going to keep going, we're going to keep auditioning, we're going to keep going in these productions until we're the ones who get mic'd up, which means until they're the ones who yeah. are, the, you know, are the stars or have mm-hmm. the lead roles. Mm-hmm. And that to me is really what we need to do as business owners, right? Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Be the giraffe. Be the best giraffe you can be and yeah. then keep going, right? Yes. Because someday you are going to get mic'd up yes. and it may be sooner yeah. than you think, but if you don't audition, you don't get the role. Right. It is so true. And I think we we have, I mean, there's talks about it, but not enough. We have to redefine failure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what stops us so much. First, when you start your business, and we saw so many people starting during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stress to make money. Yeah, yeah. And I think obviously you do have to make money. My choice of going into this space was, of course, I want to make money, definitely, but it was a long-term decision Mm. that I knew I wouldn't go there and bang, you know, like reach the six figures that everyone talks about. you're driving a Maserati and you're sitting outside a luxury villa in Marbella. (laughs) Actually, working from the beach in Thailand. <laughs> no, it doesn't work this way. Um, and it takes time. It really takes time to build your reputation, to build your image, even mm. to find yourself. I mean, yes. it took me um, two and a half years in business. And mm. my second year was really hard, really hard. Mm. But I knew that um, I had to keep, to keep going mm. and I had to redefine failure because otherwise I, I would have stopped. But failure is about trying again and again and getting the learnings. I mean, it's a principle we learn with you, you know, there's no failure, there's only learning. You learn along the way and you learn bravery as well. You learn to be, so it's a lot of character, which is back to mindset. Mm. And and we we have to keep not not be attached so much sometimes to the outcome, but really on the process and those learning, which is Mm. a very stressful journey if you need urgent money and I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves into is 
I need to make that amount of money. And then it makes them think very short term and take very tactical action rather than invest in those things in the long run, which will, after a few years, help them to, to bloom. For me, it's a long-term thing. I know I want to have this business that I can bring with me if we decide to move from the UK. I want to be able to bring it with me. I want to be able to keep that flexibility, to be able to to work online and all of that. But it does take time and we don't have patience. (laughs) Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. It is about the long game and it is about being strategic as you say and yes there are times look it's a it's a reality of life we need to make money we need to pay the mortgage we're running a business it's not a hobby Um, But I think one of the things that one of the mistakes that people commonly make is they change, chop and change what they're doing too often. So they think they give something a short term go and then they think, oh, that's not working. I'm going to do something else. And what happens is that you are visible. People see you doing that online. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, hang on, what's she come? What's she doing now? Who's she serving Mm -hmm. now? And I think. That's where it comes back to having that strategy and having that brand and having that know knowingness about what is the outcome, who am I serving, what's the outcome, mm-hmm. but also that element of detachment. And I think a lot of um, people who are coaching, we care about people, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a tendency to take things personally rather than to think it was a strategic decision I made that maybe mm. wasn't right at that time, or maybe mm. I need to revisit, or I do need to give it a longer amount of time. And when we take things personally, we react mm. from a place of emotion rather than <laughs> from a place of logic, right? Yes. So yeah. we throw the baby and we like, and one of the first things I often see people do is mm. I need a new website, I need a new logo. And again, yeah. it speaks to the superficial branding in like diluted branding not the real branding not the real strategic thought work um Mm. and so that again in turn kind of dilutes the impact and the visibility and the longevity so yeah it's so fascinating what do you Mm. think of the so we mentioned you mentioned visibility and um you know money mindset as being a couple of core things that people do Mm. um that they do face in terms of you know issues when you're that you help them to to overcome is there anything else that your clients that you recognize are typically doing that's perhaps sabotaging um unwittingly the success that they that they have um yeah i mean what i've seen a lot and i think that's why it's push me to think about personal branding is Mm. people feel there's a lot of other people offering the same than they do. Yes. And it goes straight into how do you call it? That comparisis I heard that word. Comparisonitis. Yes, exactly. This one. And um and you know I work again with coaches. I mean how many 
mm. career coaches do you have? How many business coaches? Like I'm one among so many. Mm. And I think what I've, or how many designers do you have? I work with also some creative people, designers, copywriters. And there's sometimes this element of, oh my God, there's so many of us. Yes. And, and I'm looking at what the others do and, this is, they just have it figured out. They have this, they have awards, they have this amazing portfolio of clients. I don't have that. So I think it's that famous comparison of your chapter 10 to someone's chapter 200, basically. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's a big one because, and that's why I'm so passionate about building your brand because even first, the C is big. <laughs> There's more clients than... Yeah. Uh, what we offer and we will always offer it with a different twist yes and we will always concentrate on a different slightly different different problem and again using your brand Mm. to differentiate yourself and to really connect with the people you love working with is what's going to make the difference yeah and and building your your presence and building your reputation again all of that takes time but this overwhelm of, oh my God, there's so many. How can I talk about this when so many do? Well, guess what? You 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 see them because you're connected to them because it's your industry. Yes. It doesn't mean you need to connect with mm. the people you want to work with, you know, the clients you want to have and be very clear on your messages, be clear what you stand for. And they will, they will be attracted by that. So I think that's yeah. another... Absolutely. I mean, one thing that that I'm really passionate about, as you know, is that as business owners, we get to choose. We get to make all kinds of choices in our business. And one of the choices is who do we work with, right? And very often what I find is that people will just put their offers out there and pray that someone buys them, right, rather than actually thinking, yeah, we've all done it, hands up. Um, the thing is, though, it's kind of like, okay, well, who who are the clients that I want to work with that I really enjoy working with? When I sit across from someone in a coach in a coaching relationship, I want to look forward to that. I want to see their name in my diary and go, yeah, absolutely, this person, this is my ideal client, not just because of the demographics that they represent or the niche they fit into, but because of those personality traits that they have that makes going to work such an absolute pleasure. And I'm in a very fortunate position where doing what I do, I work with people like you who I do really love working with and that's by design, right? So I think the other thing, and that brings brings us to the next thing that I know that you're really passionate about um, and working with, which is that collaboration, the collaborative Mm. element, you know, working with other people. And one of the decisions I think a lot of people have made Uh, particularly through the pandemic where they have been starting businesses, is that they've been starting them with someone else. They've been collaborating and they've become co-founders of a business and they've Mm. thought, well, we've got some kind of synergy here. You've got these skills. I've got those skills. Mm. It really makes sense. Let's work together. And so Mm. I know that you've got some some things that you've created to really help with that dynamic and that relationship. Yeah, I think that's something I discovered with a, um, so I had two clients, two co-founders came to me um, at the end of last year to help them with their brands. And I've learned so much with them. And I've learned that I actually love working with co-founders. So I'm working on a specific dedicated offer for Mm -hmm. co-founders 
Mm. And um, because I think the, some of the work we've done together was actually on their brand and we explored their joint values. And yes. that was fascinating because. So interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, they did have, they do have a lot of joint values. So that was actually quite the easy part, but so interesting because even if they had common values, they had different interpretations. So it was all that piece of clarifying exactly what, what that is and also their joint purpose. But the bit which which I got more involved than we planned, and I thought this is such a basic for co-founders, was their partnership and their relationship yes. and understanding of each other. And I think, as you said, and I've seen it in my private circle, people mm. going into business together saying, oh, we're friends, you know, we're going to get on, we want to be like the same thing, and they get into business and then uh, it's really like going into a marriage without really knowing the person. Yes, and yeah. at the beginning, you go on honeymoon. It's all great. You have this partner to share something with. But along the along the way, you know, when things start to get tough, and, mm-hmm. and they will be, because we in business, they do, in life, they do. When things mm-hmm. get tough, then you have different reactions, yes. different mindsets, mm-hmm. different reactions to stress. And that is, if you don't have a, a strong self-awareness and if you don't learn to really understand your, your co-founder, your partners, mm. it can create very tricky situations. Yes. And, yes. and I think that's what I, I identified as this is so important. If you can have mm. all those conversations early mm. and, and also understand, okay, what's your strengths and understand what is really your reaction on the stress because mm-hmm. the two co-founders I were when they, they've been through a bit of a rough time at some point and I could see that happening they stopped yes. understanding each other because one was rushing action like her stress reaction was action 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 hit a wall I don't care I'll, I'll act again you know mm-hmm. and the other one was completely the opposite so they couldn't find this mm-hmm. common common place to 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 reconnect and say okay let's do let's do that because it was almost too late they didn't have that understanding of each other mm-hmm. um i mean things things eventually were fine in the end but it just showed me okay there is a triangle here there's something i can help with from a mindset individual mindset mm-hmm. um helping co-founders work on their brands so they mm-hmm. all is it all a part of it they all relate to it so it's much more exciting it's it's yeah. solid and then the partnership, which mm. is self-awareness and awareness of, of the other. Yeah. So Because we know yeah. there's so many, you know, in and it's like relationship counselling, right, or relationship coaching. You know, <laughs> there are so many natural inherent differences between people, the way we mm-hmm. communicate, whether we, mm-hmm. how we take in information, how we perceive mm-hmm. the world, how we prefer to behave. It's all these elements of mindset. You know, if you have... Yeah two in a partnership one's very detail oriented and one just wants to know the big picture for example you yeah. know we can see there there's an inherent conflict almost automatically right yeah. um yeah. and so and also as you say their beliefs their values and how they describe those values they both may mm-hmm. say yes recognition is really important but what recognition is to one may be completely different to the other their emotional responses and reactions, you know, mm. how do they, how frequently do they feel empowering positive emotions and how often do they feel negative ones? So that worked to me and I was really excited when we were first talking about this because that work is so integral and so important 
anyone out mm. there listening, if you're in a business partnership, you know, it's not just about agreeing on the strategy or agreeing on the brand positioning or agreeing yeah. on, you know, what your products and services are or your grand vision. It's also really knowing and understanding your partner and knowing how you are going to navigate the good times, yeah. the difficult times. Because the other thing I think that happens with businesses where friends work together is they mm. tend to actually be more similar than they need to be. And mm. so they tend to have similar skill sets mm. and rather than actually looking for complementary skills and behaviours. So actually the fact that someone is big picture and someone is very detail-oriented is a perfect partnership, but it's how it's do we cute. communicate that without conflict, right? Yes. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. And I'm really excited to see, um, you know, how how um, this work is just going to so positively impact those, mm. those partnerships. And you, you recommend that people can do the work with you, um, co-founders can do the work with you before they establish a partnership as well as during the partnership. Yeah. 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 I think so because I think, you know, once, I mean, it's a bit like even with solopreneur, I think it's important for people to swim a bit before they easily start to do some deep work because they understand each other. But obviously with co-founders, they need to have this, um, like those ladies who came to me, they really had this, they, they knew what they wanted to do. They knew yes. what they wanted to do. Um, and, and you still need to have this, this, this drive. Mm. But... Um, but I think there's a lot of work you can be you can do even after one or two years in partnership because then you're like okay I, I know now what's working between us and what we need to work on. Another thing is um, the way you work together. You yes. know, like do you just send your text? Do you just go for a walk and have a chat, or do you have what uh, you and I would call a CEO day, where mm -hmm. every month you sit down, look at figures. Yeah. Talk about money, uh, mm. back to money. Money is a topic that some people avoid or mm. find it hard to talk about. That has to be a mm. discussion and an ongoing discussion as two co-founders, but in a healthy way. Mm. Um, we know what's coming in. We know what's coming out. We are clear on who's bringing how much. Mm. And, you know, is it a 50-50? Is it different? Why? Um all those discussions need to happen yes. early, otherwise they create yeah. tensions. And even how, how do people want to be paid? You know, some people be prefer yeah. in that situation to be paid really on a regular basis because they have different financial needs. Other people are like, I just want the dividends. I just, you know, mm. how is mm. it? I want the lump sums. And so that can, the personal life can come into it then and their personal needs can come in there too in, around the finances. So such important discussions to have. So, yeah, it is fascinating. It really is. And I'm I'm so excited and delighted. And if you're listening and you are at all remotely interested in branding and personal branding and creating a vision and really understanding all the incredible things that Delphine has been chatting about, looking at your mindset in these areas, or you're a co-founder, or you're about to be a co-founder, then I highly recommend Delphine uh, as the go-to person to, you know, get in touch with. Delphine is regularly on LinkedIn as the platform, <laughs> as the platform of choice, I would say, and we will pop her contact details for you below this, um, this episode. But before we do finish, is there a tip or a hint that you'd like to share with our listeners, Delphine, about 
your specialist area in in branding? Yeah, I think um, I mean there's more there's more than one, but I think what's what what I would say the message of early is if you are having your own business, whether you work for yourself or with uh, with co-founders, mindset. <laughs> I would repeat your words, Lara, mindset is everything. So you can have the best brand, you can have the best strategy. Um, This will not work Mm. if you don't work on your mindset, whatever way you do it, whether you read books, whether you get a coach, whether you get peer group, you have to get out of your own way because our mind is not simple. It just doesn't work this way. And we (laughs) we get stuck in those pattern of thoughts mm-hmm. and then we you know when we say oh I've been thinking it's been I've been going around in circles for so long because that's what our mind do and we need help to get outside of our own heads at every stage every step along the way yeah. so that is a big message is if you're in that space don't neglect your mindsets mm-hmm. at every stage things will come you absolutely have to treat it as importantly as your strategy and everything else, because that will that will make or break you, basically. Yeah, brilliant. You're a woman after my own heart, Delphine. <laughs> an absolute, an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Um, and as I say, we will pop uh, Delphine's contact details down below uh, this episode so that you can get in touch. Thank you so much, Delphine. It's been an absolute pleasure. This week's adventure for 52 Adventures to Change Your Life is to reread one of your old favourites, reread one of your old favourite novels. Now, this book will be one that you may have already read many times, but you just keep coming back to it. It's one of your go-to feel-good reads. So what I'd like you to do is to find that book, then you know the one, you know the one I'm talking about. I have an author that I absolutely love and I reread her Uh, novels all the time. Um, Go back, reread the book and let us know how you go. And I'd love to know actually what that book is. So feel free to join us over in the Mindset Coach Collective group over on Facebook. We have the same group operating in LinkedIn as well. I'd love to see you there and to hear which book that you're rereading this week as part of this week's 52 Adventures to Change Your Life. And I'll see you again next week. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.